Architect Carl Elefante famously said that the greenest building is the one that's already built. I would amend that to say that it's the one that's already been built and lightly remodeled to improve its energy standards. Hey there, welcome back to Midmod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to season four, episode four. Today's episode is going to get into some of the ways that you can incorporate sustainability into any remodeling work you do on your ranch. First, a little background on me. Before I fell or maybe dove down the rabbit hole of mid-century ranch remodeling, my entire architecture background had been centered on sustainable design. I chose to go to architecture school to study ways to make residential buildings more green. And my first job out of school was for a small Wisconsin firm that specialized in timber frame homes often made with straw bale walls or sod roofs. My parents' house, Underhill, which I designed for them about six years ago, is a perfect example of this work. I'll link to a spot where you can see it on my website in the show notes if you're curious. So today, I'm going to talk about how you can make your ranch remodel more sustainable. I want to take a moment to congratulate you on the idea that simply by remodeling a ranch, you've made a sustainable choice. Don't believe me? The next thing I'll talk about will be a short precy of why remodeling can be and often is greener than any new building. But before we go any further, you can find the show notes for today's episode at midmod-midwest.com slash 404. If you go there, you'll find links not only to cool pictures of my parents' very green house, but also a blog post which lays out most of the content I'm going to reiterate here today. This topic was originally a lecture that I gave at the Midwest Renewable Energy Association Energy Fair in 2018, and that lecture was subsequently rolled into a detailed blog post, and now this podcast for you. Sustainability isn't something that I talk about as much or as loudly these days as I have in the past, but it is still the center of everything I do, an essential driving force behind my goal to help people remodel their mid-century ranches. So let's talk about why I believe that helping people love, update, and improve America's 15 million ranch houses has such a powerful and positive impact on our planet. Architect Carl Elefante famously said that the greenest building is the one that's already built. I would amend that to say that it's the one that's already been built and lightly remodeled to improve its energy standards. So if you want to live in a relatively sustainable single-family home, consider a ranch. Mid-century homes, while they may need some updating and new green features, are actually already way closer to the mark on an ideal, sustainable size of house. When people talk about a green or a sustainable home, they usually visualize a brand new house designed from scratch and filled with a laundry list of all the latest green tech bells and whistles. But sustainability is about more than green building materials. It's also about the kind of lifestyle that your home allows you to live. So one of the things that's green about ranches is where they are, livable locations. The ranch neighborhoods of the mid-century were some of the first widespread suburban development in the U.S., and as such, they're not as amazingly green as they are to some urban neighborhoods. But when you compare them by lot size, location, and locally accessible amenities and services to a contemporary development, they look very good. In general, a mid-century ranch will be in a great location, allowing its occupants to live a more walkable or bikeable locally networked lifestyle. And that's one of the reasons they're still so popular. A recent Washington Post article on how homes are turning over from retired boomers to millennial first-time homebuyers says aging boomers are hanging on to their houses longer because they're close to libraries, schools, medical centers, and other necessary resources. The second reason that ranch remodels are green is that remodeling any home protects undeveloped land. 
Basically, to be a sustainable community, we need to preserve as much of the existing green space as possible. Every bit of new construction, whether it be a hospital, a road, or a house, takes away from the space that rain can fall from the sky and land on the ground and soak right in. It creates runoff problems and heat island problems and innumerable other unsustainable things. So once you've committed to remodeling rather than building new, you are already on the right path. But once you've made that commitment, you can still do more or less to protect the undeveloped green space around you. Every little bit helps. So try to avoid adding to the impermeable surfaces of the world by remodeling within your existing building footprint when possible. Consider this before building new or before expanding with additions beyond your current boundaries. Look around the house for unused space you already have. As a bonus, these spaces will be the low-hanging fruit in any remodel in terms of speed, difficulty, return on investment, and baseline cost. The third reason remodeling is greener than building new is that it requires and wastes fewer materials. You can choose to change anything while you're remodeling, but you don't necessarily need to choose to change it. With any remodel, you keep a lot of the building intact, and that means that some of your work is completed before you begin. With the structure, the roof, the walls, the floor in place, you can also ignore any part of the house that works fine right now. You choose your focus. Keep it entirely cosmetic or gut the building. The choice is yours. Professionals on the clock will gut a space as quickly as possible to keep the costs down. They often demolish more than is strictly necessary to do that because it makes their workflow more efficient. If you make reducing waste a priority, you can ask and pay to have demo done more carefully. You can make sure that demolition is done as mindfully as possible in a DIY process. It's hard to screw up. You're just taking things apart. So save a little money and get to know your own home and have the satisfaction of knowing exactly where your construction waste ends up by removing it from the house yourself, and donating it to an organization like Restore. One way or another, though, remodeling is going to use less materials and waste less of them than building a new house from scratch. The final reason is that remodeling involves constraints, and design is about problem-solving. Any designer will tell you that constraints and complications make for a better and more clever design also a smaller one. A good sustainable mid-century remodel is one that solves problems one after another. Issues ranging from zoning restrictions to awkward structure placement to the struggle to reuse materials you find in the house. Remodeling and working with existing conditions can make your and your architect's life a little more difficult, yes, but it also leads to more creativity. It can also provide clarity and reduce the problem of over-design. Working with existing conditions helps you pare down your plans from everything you ever thought of to what you really need and want. So now that we've covered a little of why remodeling is a strong, sustainable choice, let's talk about what you can do to make your mid-century remodel as green as possible. Here are a few key concepts to always keep in mind. These are always in the back of my mind. And you can apply them to any remodel process to make sure the outcome is more sustainable and livable in the end. First, emphasize natural light. Anytime you break out the demolition tools, make a point to improve your access to natural light. Generous access to daylight is good for the environment. Keeping the lights off uses less power and generates less heat in the home, which requires less artificial cooling. It's also better for you and your health. A study conducted by Northwestern University found that office workers in buildings with daylit spaces, this is pre-COVID, slept better, had more activity in their life, and reported a higher quality of life than their artificially lit counterparts. It follows that having the same access to natural light in your home, and now work-from-home space, have similar benefits. Why wouldn't everyone want that? So when you're modifying your house, think about cutting some holes in the envelope, the walls, the roof, or even the foundation, and adding or expanding windows. 
don't be afraid that cutting into your envelope will seem extreme. You can do this in the basement foundation to add escape windows, or you can cut skylights in. The stigma against cutting up the roof is really due to shoddy products and thoughtless installations in the past. Be brave and let the light shine in. In a well-designed building, you should need very little artificial light between the hours of sunup and sundown. We'll get to this next, but if you have concerns about solar gain, overheating, you can never go wrong by adding east and north facing windows. All right, let's talk about passive solar. Don't let yourself think about existing walls as unchangeable or hyper-focus your attention on only the surfaces. The biggest bang for your design buck will always come in changes to the layout. So you can mindfully open the kitchen to the living room, or you can take the opportunity to address tight corners, inadequate kitchen storage, not enough privacy for bedrooms. But this is also a place to think about sustainable changes. Always focus on layout changes that will improve your relationship to the sun. In order to take advantage of solar heat gain, warming the house with the sun, you want to allow sunlight to enter the house strategically and then direct that sunlight towards heat-absorbent thermal mass. Think a stone wall of a fireplace or a concrete floor with a stone tile or slate surface over it, something that can absorb heat and hang onto it. On the other hand, for passive cooling, you want to block sunlight from entering the house at certain times or seasons and take advantage of stack effect air circulation, which lets air come in lower in the house and leave the house higher to create an artificial breeze through the fact that heat rises. In both cases, you need adequate or above average insulation to extend that heating or cooling effect that you collect under favorable times of day through the 24-hour day cycle. So start by just assessing your solar gain situation. When are the hot and cool times of day and year in your home? And where does the sun hit your house at those times? When does direct sunlight shine into or hit the outside walls of your house? Make a note and then start making a few small changes here and there. This can dramatically change your energy bill and the comfort you feel in your home and your impact on the world around you. You can also rethink what your concept of thermal comfort really is. There's a beautiful little book called Thermal Delight in Architecture, which was written by Lisa Heshong in 1979. In it, she says, There is an underlying assumption that the best thermal environment never needs to be noticed, and that once an objectively, quote, comfortable, unquote, thermal environment has been provided, all of our thermal needs have been met. The use of our extremely sophisticated environmental control systems is directed to this end, to, to reduce standardized comfort zone conditions. But standardized, unvaryingly conditioned air doesn't nurture the human soul or enlighten our experience any more than getting all of our nutrition from an IV drip. You want your house to be comfortable, not perfect. Whether you're making cosmetic changes or deeper layout updates, a sustainable mid-century remodel is a perfect opportunity to improve the thermal envelope of your home. That means anytime you're changing a space, getting into the walls, you're adding insulation. Spray foam into disturbed wall cavities, add cellulose or bat insulation to your attic, seal around the basement and rim joist, choose windows with multiple insulating layers and the best possible air seal. Each small improvement you make lets you more efficiently control your interior climate. Here's a concept that I can't reiterate enough. Small is beautiful. Your dream house, your mid-century remodel, is about you. So prioritize what will be really important to you, and only you can determine what parts of the proposed remodel are really necessary. It might sound like what I just said was, reach for the stars and stuff everything you've ever saved on Pinterest into your remodel. 
No, what I said was prioritize what's really important to you. One of my guiding philosophies comes from the book Small is Beautiful, Economics as if People Mattered, written by E.F. Schumacher. In it, he asks us to stop assuming that a man who consumes more is better off than a man who consumes less. Man being here, human. As you make choices about your sustainable remodel, remember this. Any individual material, appliance, or layout decision is less important than the effect they will have on your experience of the space when it's complete. So don't let a contractor, a realtor, or home goods showroom salesperson, or me, your designer, talk you into something that you don't need. That said, don't be afraid to be extravagant with yourself in the areas that really matter to you. This is also a time that I circle back to Sarah Susanka's not-so-big house concept. Again, I'll link to her whole oeuvre in the show notes. But she proposes that by keeping the square footage of your new or remodeled house small, you'll have more resources to expend on quality finishing and furnishing, the things that you really care about. This is something that you'll appreciate in the long run, more than extra square feet of floor, walls, and ceilings to keep clean. Another way to bring sustainability into your house is to focus on the product and material choices. You can really make an impact on your overall energy footprint just by choosing one product over another, and not even necessarily a more expensive product over another. Choose sustainable and healthy materials, whether or not they cost more, because it will result in a better quality of life and a longer-lasting product, which, for a homeowner, is an investment that will pay off. Here are a few examples. Watch out for VOCs, volatile organic compounds, which will be found in paint, cabinetry, and engineered floors. Always choose a low or no VOC option. Look for wood that comes from sustainable sources. Sustainably grown, renewable, or reclaimed products are always better than the opposite. Try to source locally to cut down on transportation and energy costs and also to support your local community's economics. Select products made from one or a few materials rather than conglomerated engineered products because they'll be easier to repair or recycle in future. And when in doubt, consult a third-party rating system. Look for Energy Star, Green Guard, Water Sense, Forest Stewardship Council, and Green Seal verifications that the products you're looking at are of good quality. One last way to be sustainable is to think about the longevity of your design choices and go for long-term or timeless design over trendiness. This is definitely in line with everything that I preach about mid-century design for mid-century houses, rather than updating them to match the latest trend. So many trendy home design items quickly become dated and then are torn out, thrown out, and replaced. You can see these era-based trends that dominate in fashion also expressed in home design, and they can change just as quickly. Now, ultimately, your house is for you, and I encourage you to make design choices that please you personally. But if you don't feel strongly about some aspect of the house, avoid leaning too hard into the latest cutting-edge fashion for remodeling. As fans of mid-century design, we have a responsibility to preserve that mid-century character as intact as possible for future generations. So, I recommend choosing your battles. If you love a trend, embrace it. But try to apply trendy styles to the most modifiable parts of your house, and not the least. Go crazy with paint colors or fabric choices, but be more cautious with siding colors or painting brick. P.S. Please don't paint your brick. So to recap, all the choices that you make that bring your mid-century ranch closer into alignment with its mid-century roots help perpetuate a system of timeless design that will last through many subsequent eras. And when you choose high-quality and sustainably produced materials, they'll probably last longer and need to be replaced less often than their less careful counterparts. 
you can incorporate green choices into a remodel without making it look like the latest trendy gizmo gadget-based house. I really believe that all mid-century remodels are at heart sustainable, and I love to see them happen. One more thing before I let you go. Remember, good and sustainable design take time. Often when you're working on a mid-century remodel, you're eager to get moving as soon as the idea is fully formed. And honestly, you may have other timeline factors that encourage you to move as quickly as possible, like a bridge loan or a mortgage, or a date or deadline in your life that's driving your schedule. But if you can take time, I advise that you do. I believe in the power of time to improve design. Good design doesn't happen in a rush. Allow for the leavening effect created by waiting with your plan in mind and letting good ideas rise to the top. All right. You can find all this content written in blog post form on my website. Find the link in the show notes at midmod-midwest.com slash 404. Or if you're looking for personalized advice on how to make your mid-century remodel more sustainable, you can reach out to me through the link also found in those notes. You can help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. That's all for now, Midmod Remodelers. I hope you feel like your remodel is going to be as green as possible. I'll have more advice next week on how to plan the best remodel for your ranch. See you then.